You're walking around Istanbul and you come across this building. It's painted a deep brick red. The building itself is nothing out of the ordinary, but the sign outside catches your eye. The Museum of Innocence. The Museum of Innocence. You go inside. The first thing that gets your attention is the wall across from the entrance. It's fully covered from corner to corner with these tiny little squiggly objects. And as you get closer, you realize that they're actually cigarette butts, 4,213 cigarette butts to be exact. Each one is pinned to the wall super carefully like a butterfly under glass. And they're all arranged in chronological order in big vertical columns labeled from 1976 to 1984. All these cigarettes were smoked by the same person, a woman named Fasoon. Notes are taken underneath each cigarette, one day one cigarette and a note with it. Like, Fasoon got the driver's license. Fasoon <laughs> did this and Fasoon did that. Those small, you know, details in life. You look around again. The walls are covered with wooden shadow boxes, and inside each one are these precisely arranged objects. A small white handbag, a yellow high-heeled shoe, movie posters, an ice cream cone. All these objects, like the cigarettes, belong to the same woman, Fasoon. You begin to realize this museum is telling a story. A story about Fasoon, but also about the man who admired her. A story about nostalgia. A story about love. And maybe a story about obsession. I'm Amanda McGowan, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're taking you to a living work of literature. Is it real? Is it imagined? Is it somewhere in between? The Museum of Innocence in Istanbul, Turkey. After this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise. 
the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The series of events and coincidences that were to change my entire life had begun a month before, on April 27th, 1975. When this is Kamal. Well, this is actually an actor reading what's basically a diary about the greatest love of Kamal's life. It was a warm spring day, and inside the shop it was cool and dark. At first I thought there was no one there, my eyes still adjusting to the gloom after the noonday sunlight. There is actually someone in the shop. Her name is Fasoon. She's beautiful and young and dressed glamorously in a pair of yellow heels and a matching skirt. And when Kamal sees Fasoon, his whole world explodes. I felt my heart in my throat with the force of an immense wave about to crash against the shore. For a moment I paused. My ghost had left my body, and now, in some corner of heaven, was embracing Fasoon and kissing her. Fasoon falls for Kamal too, but Kamal is already engaged. On top of that, he's part of Istanbul's high society, so even if he did break off his engagement, he couldn't just be with Fasoon. She's just a shop girl. So they have an affair meeting up in secret at an apartment that's owned by Kamal's family. But it can't last. Eventually, Fasoon marries someone else. Kamal's engagement and really his entire life begin to fall apart. All he has left of Fasoon are the things that she's left behind in the apartment. I would make straight for a teacup, a forgotten hair clip, a ruler, a comb, an eraser, a ballpoint pen, whatever talisman I could find of those blissful days when we sat side by side. But here's where things get interesting. So after a while, Kamal and Fasoon get back in touch. He starts to invite himself over for dinner at her house. And each time he steals something, a kitchen grater, the little porcelain dog on top of her TV set, even Fasoon stubbed out cigarettes. Sometimes, when Fasoon was stubbing out her cigarette, our eyes would unexpectedly meet. A charge passed between us, jolting us both, as we remembered at the same time why I was sitting at that table. And her stub would reflect the particular confusion she was feeling, thereby endowing the butt with an unusual shape. This goes on for years. He can't stop. Eventually, he's collected so many objects that he decides to build a place where he can display everything a place where he can live in the past that he shared with Fasoon. So Kamal builds a museum. And today you can actually go to Istanbul and visit this museum. You can see Fasoon's cigarettes pinned to the walls. You can see her yellow shoe and her family's porcelain dog and all these other pieces of her life. You can even walk up the spiral staircase in the center of the museum and see the bedroom on the top floor where Kamal slept. On one of the walls of the museum hangs a photograph of a man. And people often ask the director of the museum, Is he the guy, they say, or is he Kemal, they ask. <laughs> but the man in this photograph is not Kemal. It's actually a photo of a writer, Orhan Pamuk. 
Pamuk wrote a novel called The Museum of Innocence, and he also created this place. He's like a rock star in Turkey. Everyone wants to take selfies with him. Yeah, even walking down the road, he wears a cap and a, you know, he, he quite disguised. <laughs> this is Edil Denise Ergun. She's one of the people that you'll meet if you go to the Museum of Innocence. Edil is the director and the steward of this collection. And she says that this whole project started decades ago in the mind of Orhan Pamuk. He developed this idea from the early 90s. He had this idea of having this book and a museum together. And the whole idea was developed together, actually, which is very unique for a museum. In the 1990s, Pamuk would drop his daughter off for school in a neighborhood of Istanbul called Chikuchima. The area had a ton of antique shops and flea markets, and he liked it, so he decided to buy a house there. And this is where the cogs in his writerly brain started turning. Pamuk started imagining, well, what kind of family would have lived in this house? And he started writing a novel with these characters in mind. Then he'd come across some small object at a secondhand shop, like a kitchen utensil or an old clock. And it would find its way into the story he was telling. Let me begin with the big clock on the wall. It was German-made, cased in wood and glass with a pendulum and a chime. And Pamuk would think, okay, how would my characters, how would Fasoon and her family interact with this object? It hung on the wall right next to the door. And it was there not to measure time, but to be a constant reminder to the whole family of time's continuity and to bear witness to the official Now, I'm not a literary critic, but it seems to me that Pamuk was leaning on a really powerful idea here. Sure, collecting your former lover's cigarette butts is extreme, but everyone kind of knows how objects, even sort of simple, unassuming ones, can transport us back to a specific memory. Like, for example, I have this little sewing box in my closet. It's stuffed with needles and pins and thread. I never use it. The box doesn't even really close at all. But my grandmother gave me this box when I was a kid. And when I look at it, I'm just reminded of all the times that she babysat me and we would do arts and crafts projects together. So Oran Pamuk was collecting these objects and imagining the memories to go with them. And from those memories, he had this story spiraling outward from the house. And he started thinking, Maybe the museum in this story could become a real place that people could really visit. His first challenge was how to exhibit these items. So he came up with this idea of representing memories, like cabinet of curiosities. Like he thought of each chapter as an art installation. Pamuk then gathered a group of visual artists to help him create the physical Museum of Innocence. Sometimes they would use the real objects that Pamuk had collected in his walks around Istanbul. But in other cases, the story that he was writing inspired new imagined objects that had to be fabricated. Like the wall of 4,213 cigarette butts. Pamuk and the team of artists took boxes and boxes of cigarettes, replaced the tobacco with a lookalike substance that wouldn't decay over time, and smoked them all with a vacuum. And then they would apply red lipstick to each of the filters, so they would look like fassoons. 
The wall of cigarettes is one display. There are 83 of them in the museum, one for each chapter of the novel. Some of them have photographs and some of them are videos inside. Some of them have sound and some of them have like the, the curtain floats inside, that sort of thing. Some of them move. In chapter 51, Kamal recalls taking Fasoon and her husband out to eat at these restaurants along the banks of the Bosphorus. In the museum, there's a box that goes along with this, and it contains, among some other things, a spoon, an ice cream cone with a bite taken out of it, and a salt shaker. The salt shaker. Just as she picked it up, a rusty Soviet tanker rumbled past the window. The violence of its propeller shaking the bottles and glasses on our table. And she held it for a good long time. Edil told me that a lot of people come to the museum because they're fans of the novel. They stand in front of that salt shaker or the clock, holding their copies of the book, remembering those scenes. For these visitors, the museum is part of an immersive work of art. They're physically walking around inside the world of this book, which is just wildly cool. But other visitors who've never heard of the book might find themselves kind of disoriented or maybe even disappointed when they learn that this story is all fiction. They might look at the salt shaker and think, well, Fasun didn't really pick this up when a Soviet ship rumbled by and Does it matter as much to me as it did a moment ago when I thought that it was real? Well, the objects are actually real. The real-life objects which were used by many different people and they have their own small urban history. For Edil, these objects remind her of her own memories of growing up in Istanbul. Real memories that exist outside of the fictional story of Kamal and Fasun. I think what I share with the museum is Istanbul. We share Istanbul together. I can guess where all the photos in the boxes are taken. I walked in the same roads, climbed the same hills. So people also, the visitors, when they enter the museum, some of the objects might remind them of something. They might mean something to them too. So yeah, this is a museum based on it, little tiny human stories. So it doesn't matter uh, if Kemal existed or not. I read the Museum of Innocence and I shook my head at Kemal when he started stealing from Fasoon's house. I smiled and kind of sighed wistfully at the careful way that he remembers her holding the salt shaker. There were parts of the novel where my pulse went up, where my stomach just totally dropped and parts where I cried. So we can talk about the objects in the museum and whether they're real, whether they're imagined, but I can say that the emotions that I had when I read those scenes were totally real. And of course, that's the thing that is almost miraculous about a great book is that it can evoke a relationship or a situation, a place, an emotion, a memory that just connects with you. It's fictional, sure, but for the reader, it feels very real. And in that spirit, I want to leave you here with the words of Kamal, who doesn't exactly exist, 
but maybe also he does. After all, isn't the purpose of the novel, or of a museum for that matter, to relate our memories with such sincerity as to transform individual happiness into a happiness all can share? The Museum of Innocence is open Tuesday through Sunday from 10 to 6. And if you do get a copy of the book, which I highly recommend you do, here is a good reason to bring it with you. In chapter 83, which is called Happiness, there is a ticket for free admission to the museum. And it works. Special thanks to Adil Denise Ergun for telling me the story of the Museum of Innocence. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes... Dylan Therese. Doug Baldinger. Chris Naka. Camille Stanley. Willis Ryder-Arnold. Sarah Wyman. Manolo Morales. Baudelaire Seuss. Gianna Palmer. Tracy Samuelson. John Delore. Peter Clowney. Our technical director is... Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. And if you would like to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There is a link in the episode description. I'm Amanda McGowan, wishing you all the wonder in the world. See you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats, like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. 